suggestions from you the audience and those fun jars right there we'll get to that in a second thank you so much for coming some of you are really excited you guys are already talking about how this is the wrong show you came to see <laughs> I have to say I really I assume you guys are a couple yes you don't know before what a, that's a fucking bold answer brother <laughs> yes I don't know who the fuck this woman is she just showed up similarly dressed to me and I thought it was pleasant to the eye <laughs> It's not enough that it's weird, but it's just enough to show that you guys are still in love and you know that blue complements your coloring. Yeah, it was sweet, but you guys were not sure if that was a joke or a serious comment. It is. It's 2017. A straight white male can be into fashion, hence me looking like a weird cowboy. Thank you. This side of the room with a confused laugh. This is, the, this is a very interesting, eclectic crowd. Like, I feel like we have a boy band there. Just one lone woman I bullied into coming into the show. Two latecomers, come on in. There is space. There's a seat right the fuck there, and then there's a seat right the fuck there. There's what? Nine of us. Tough toenails. No, seriously, you two can come in. Nope. Okay, good. I'm glad they didn't come in. She's wearing a fur coat in summer. What the fuck is that? And did not match her coloring at all. Unlike you guys, clearly winter's no cold blue. She's clearly a fucking summer and going with a brown coat. What the fuck is she thinking? Wandering around Edinburgh, not thinking she's going to be heckled by a man who spends way too much, much money on Azos.com. For those of you who don't know what Azos.com is, it's this app you can put on your phone where you buy clothes, not remembering that you bought them, and then you get a fun Christmas in July in the middle of Edinburgh when your show gets three stars, and you've spent 400 quid on denim jackets. Because you, you can't just have one denim jacket, you have to have five, one of which is tiger print that doesn't fit, but you don't want to be taking it to a Scottish post office to send back, because oh boy, will they judge you. I like the tension that's suddenly in this room. As you guys are like, that is definitely a true story. 100%. It's a weird time when I have to file taxes and try and get a write-off on those. So why are you trying to get a tax write-off on a uh, zebra print denim jacket? Oh, I inspired a joke about fascism because the audience I performed for at Anything Be a Podcast podcast on the first Saturday treated that joke like I just took a shit in the man in the front row's mouth. <laughs> it's still tense. Now... Let's begin. I uh, was walking here. I have completed my first and favorite thing of the Edinburgh Fringe. Now, you guys watch the show Game of Thrones? Yes? No. No. Okay, well, it's a television show. It, it's about uh, brothers and sisters having sex and dragons, and then occasionally British actors from kids' programs show up, decapitate someone, and then they get eaten by a wolf. It's fucking a, it's fucking a hoot and a half. 
you shouldn't like it at all. It's so fucking slow. They finally got to like the beginning of the show in season five. It was the most, it's literally, it's like a snuff film in old time. Yeah, get the fuck out. What was that? Shut up. So rude. Hi guys, there's two or three seats. There's one there. There's one. This is very good. It's just killing my flow. I finally got you guys on track, and suddenly, thanks, Chris. Cheers. Where'd you get those flyers? Oh, okay, cool. Could you just pop them on that seat right there? Thanks, brother. Cheers. Muchly appreciated. Very good. All right. Are you gonna stick around? Or are you gonna close? Uh, if you do, close that door. I don't know if he left or not. This is the creepiest way of. He did leave. Thank you for saying it in such a weirdly nice way. Yeah, he did leave. Thank you very much. So, uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. So, Game of Thrones, you got to watch it. And by that, I mean, don't. You don't have that kind of time. None of us do. Every episode is like 90 minutes long and it goes nowhere. Allow me to... It's just annoying. Anyway, it's filmed in Scotland. So, during the festival, the actors are here. And it's the best to watch them walk through the cow... Did you see that body language right there? He hit his friend. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I just saw a bunch of the Black Watch walking down the Cowgate, and you can see who watches Game of Thrones and who doesn't by their reaction. Now, it was the Mutineer Squad. Have you watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, so it's the Mutineer Squad walking down right there, and they didn't get any heckles. Usually, they got heckles. Two years ago, I saw Joffrey walking down the Cowgate, and it was awesome! <laughs> Joffrey is the main villain of the show, and he's a real son of a bitch. Literally, because he does not know who his father is. Boom! What's up, Game of Throners? The rest of you, Wikipedia it. Anyway, so he's walking through, and he's a real bastard. He had just recently had something happen to him that progresses the plot. And a man you wouldn't think watches Game of Thrones stepped out of Bannerman's, just in a rugby top, those short shorts Scottish men wear that leave not only nothing to the imagination, but create nightmares. Because it's not that you can't, you can see their bits, but you can see the taint forced forward in, a, in an odd presentational manner. And he's just walking and he just went, Joffrey, you cunt! <laughs> Keep in mind, that's not Joffrey. It's just a poor 19-year-old Irish actor, and that's his life. He dealt with it very well. He just waved and went, thank you for watching. And he went, I don't watch because of you. <laughs> oh, Scotland, it is the best to be back. The only place where you can be given a compliment that sounds like an insult. The only town where every direction is uphill, even if you're going downhill. Why is my ankles bruised? Oh, the city was invented by a man who thinks feet are for assholes. I, um, so let's start the show. What do you say? Huh, guys? Because you are, you're an interesting crowd and that you're not in for my Falderall and Poppycock. We're going to title the show, sir. Who do you think should pick the title? Who do you want? Your wife. What is your wife's name? Juliet. Juliet. How did you meet Juliet? I don't know why I have this whisper voice. I don't know why I have the whisper voice. I know, but it is, it's just, I feel you're, uh, is that true? Did you see what I fucking say about talking to Scottish people where that sounded like an insult, but it was in a way a compliment? Where are you from? Wales. <laughs> Hoisted on my own petard, my friend. Ah, Wales, the Scotland of England. <laughs> You're not sure how to take that, were you? He's probably better. Yeah, they, I guess so, yeah. Wales is a weird place in that it's two countries. It's like Cardiff, which is just... 
Yeah, what was that? And the rest. It's exactly it. But it's also, there's parts of the rest that are great. And then Swans, I've never seen prostitutes so overt than in Swansea. Just a woman in front of a Weatherspoons, like you would, yelling, I will suck your dick for 10 quid. It was the middle of the day. No one wants a prostitute at the middle of the day, right? Very, why do you know that? You've been to Swansea. What is your name, brother? Doug. Really? That's not really a Welsh name. That's a Canadian name. Scottish name. You win this round, Doug. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. I feel like I'm David Letterman and you're Paul Schaefer, but you want to quit. And and how did you meet Juliet? At work. At work. What a beautifully British answer in that you provided words, but no information whatsoever. (laughs) This is the only island where you'll introduce yourself as... What's your name? They call me Chris, but what's your name? My name is Doug. So you met Juliet at work. What were you doing at the time? Well, actually, the job, or what was I actually doing when I met her? Do you you see what I fucking sang? (laughs) I was walking through the corridor, and she was standing there on her first day at work, and that was it. Love at first sight. What a... You are a fucking charmer. You fucking scaled back that prostitution comment so beautifully, brother. Digging myself out of the hole. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, love at first sight. It's weird. I, I am also in love, and it was love at first sight, and it's really weird to say to people. Because you, if it's a crowd, you do awe. You say that one-on-one, and people look at you like, I figured out how you make gold out of water. You just die it. Like, they don't believe it to be true, but it's an amazing thing. Is anyone else here in a relationship? Anyone else here in love? Oh, that, listen, some of you don't know each other. We can maybe make a love connection today. Although some of you are very young, you probably don't communicate in loving matters face-to-face. You just use Tinder. Is Tinder even being, like, how old are you, man, in the Washington Redskins top? Which we're going to talk about, because what are you wearing? You're 17. Really? That's disgusting. Back to the Future is... I don't like how he answered that question at all. And what is it a film about? It is not about that. It is about Alex P. Keaton going back in time and accidentally almost shagging his mom and then preventing her rape. Yeah, it's really tense in here again. Guys, do not worry. I'm very good in a tense situation. Once I was in a lift and someone farted and two people claimed responsibility. If I got through that, I can get through this. Usually that gets a laugh. Instead, just a very concerned stare from the entire crowd. You're 17 years old. What's it like to be 17? I'm 32. You don't make sense to me. Because our worlds are very different. You've had iPads, iPhones, the internet. I grew up just right before any of that was sort of normal. So, like, you can... I don't know. What's your favorite thing in the world? See, I would know right away at 17. Wanking. I know it's a bit bit rude, but I wanted to be honest with you. So you don't really know. See, already so much more philosophical than I was at 17. He's sitting there in a Washington Redskins jersey, possibly wearing it ironically as a way to take back that symbol, away from the white repressors that use it as a way to keep down the various members of the native tribes. Just start fucking nodding with me, man. It's really bad that you're wearing that shirt. Do you know what that is? It is a football team. Now, do you know what they're called? Yes. Now, who do you think that that is in reference to? 
You are very good. You are very lucky you weren't in Germany in 1937 or you would have been wearing the weirdest shirt right now. That joke is in reference to the fact that if he was in Germany in 1937 and he doesn't really research the tops he's wearing, he might have ended up in some sort of Nazi garb, not necessarily prescribing to the thoughts of that party, but just wearing something that looks very fashionable. I don't agree with any of the tenets of the Nazi party, but I think we can all agree, snappy fucking dressers. N <laughs> I get it now. You're not a crowd that likes the, the, the beginning of the joke. You like it explained to you in a very curt <laughs> and aggressive manner. I've never seen someone go, yes! I'm not here for laughs, I'm here for information. You look like that professor in a sort of a teen drama show where they solve mysteries. You're like, hey guys, you wanna hear about the first hip hop artist? His name was Bill Shakespeare. Now, Doug, it's gonna be a long one. All right, what is your name? Jamie. Jamie, very good 17 year old name. It is, if you met a lawyer named Jamie, you wouldn't hire him. Yeah, Jamie, I just murdered two people. Can you get me off? I don't think so, bro. It's pretty heavy down here at the skateboard park. <laughs> I don't like how much you laughed at that. <laughs> he thinks that we still skateboard. We hoverboard now, you fucking old man. Good Lord, 17 years old. So, and your favorite thing is you don't really know. Who are you here with? Three of your mates. Uh, I miscounted. I was like, there's four of you, but I counted you within that. My apologies. Canadian public schools. And which one is your favorite? It's clearly him, because that's who you looked at. It's, it's him? Yeah, you're just trying to take that back because you're wearing a racist top, so you hug the brown guy. <laughs> Fuck you. I would have done the same thing. Now, uh, and where did you get that top? Got at a vintage store you just looked at and you thought, yeah, black and white, black and red. It's gonna be a long day. Black and red, I'll just pop it on. Just walk through the streets of Edinburgh. There ain't no engine in Scotland. Was that your thoughts? Very good, I'm glad you admitted it. And, uh, and Jamie, what do you wanna be when you grow up? Which is a weird question to ask, but I'm gonna ask it. You don't really know yet? You're 17, you gotta figure it out. Buddy, Brexit's coming. You got like two years to live your dreams and then you're going into the Russian camps with the rest of us. The reason why that joke is funny is that <laughs> given the current climate we are living in, Russia is organizing itself as a world superpower. Eventually, if there is a war with North Korea, it will pit Russia against America. Russia has never lost any type of war in its history as a nation, which means it's more than likely that we will lose to them. And Russia, if you look at their history, aren't really given to peacefully letting you exist forever. That said, if they do take over the world, we're gonna get some banging long-winded poetry and some lovely theater. That said, most of us will die, especially me, a comedian. There's no use for me in the apocalypse. They're not building the wall against the zombies. I'm like, guys, you seem a little stressed. Who wants to hear about a dick joke, huh? <laughs> but Jamie, if you have to pick, what's your passion at 17 years old? Do you have a passion? The youth of today, huh, Doug? Do you, are you a father? He'll be back to wanking. The way you said that was creepy, but I liked it. Are you a father at all, Doug? How many kids? Three. Is that the good number? It's where you stopped. Who decided to stop? Who's we? Okay, very good. I was just making sure. Yeah, no, I know that's your wife. Very good. Number three, that seems like a round number. Which one's your favorite? He fucking knows. He does, too. That was beautiful. No, you don't have one? You should have said your wife is your favorite. Well played, Doug.
The reason why that was funny is... <laughs> and, and Juliet, how did you know that Doug was the man for you? You're working at a job that we haven't gotten to the bottom of yet, where he was mysteriously walking through a corridor while he probably should have been working. Instead, he was just picking up coups. <laughs> Coos is an old-timey term for women that you shouldn't use, but I was using it in an ironic fashion, and as you can tell, did not go over well at all. <laughs> you know, it's like a 1930s, like, hard-boiled detective thing. I was a bit of, like, a, I was a bit of a nerd slash punk rocker in school, so I'd read a lot of books, but I wanted to read books that, like, I thought, like, ladies would be into, so I'd read, like, Raymond Chandler on the bus, and let me tell you, it did not work at all. <laughs> It's not really a real panty dropper. Oh, pardon me, I was just reading a hard-boiled fictional novel about pornography in L.A. in the 1920s. What's that? Walk away? You got it. <laughs> yeah, because you see, Jamie, look at you. You guys are all 17, right? See, the fashion of, se of the youth of today is good, and you won't look back on it in embarrassment. I came of age in the late 90s, early 2000s. New metal was going on. Do you know new metal? Do you know what that is? Limp Biscuit. Linkin Park. You know Linkin Park. We know them now when they became a techno band. Before I knew them, it was two people with flame tattoos just singing about how the girl left and there's a goggle. It was shit, but we loved it. And uh, there was a band called Limp Bizkit and they'd wear these really wide. How old is the average audience here? So who here is uh, 30 and above? Cheer? Yeah. yeah, that's the noise you guys make. <laughs> We're not going to cheer. It's fine. We rule the world. That said, if my kids ask me for any more money, I might drown them. <laughs> Interesting. Duck laughed. Juliet went, mm-hmm. <laughs> we will start the show. Um, and then uh, uh, between 30 and 25? <laughs> Holy shit. And then below, you just pointed at her? <laughs> what? How old are you? 28. You're 28. Why didn't you cheer? Oh, you did? Oh, you just pointed that way to give her a big ups? Thank you very much. And how old are you? 23. You're 23. Ridiculous. And then 25, 25 and below? Oh, my God. So you guys don't... Oh, my fucking Lord. I have so many questions. First of all, what's with all the cafes in Edinburgh? How many of you are Edinburgh locals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are. What happened to the city in the last year? Before you came here, it was shops that sold ludicrous things. Do you want a tarp and a gun and a Bible and a woman? That's four quid. Now it's shops or just cafes. Avocado smash. I have to buy a USB key. Time was you walk into a pharmacy run by a man named Gus with a neck tattoo and he also cut your hair and you could buy a USB stick from him on Nicholson Street. You understand? And now it's a welcome to Nomad. Do you want to do you want to pay five quid for a coffee? It will somehow take eight minutes to make. Don't ask me any questions. So what what's happened to Edinburgh in the last year? Is it gentrifying? I already got here a year ago. Maybe you only got here a year ago. Where are you from originally? Reading. I know where Reading is. <laughs> I've taken the train from London to Bristol and I've stopped at your weird train station from the future as imagined in the 1970s. <laughs> what is weird is Reading Station is bigger than your city. Yeah. It's a very, pardon me? <laughs> I've never loved to heckle more in my entire life. <laughs> That was fucking glorious, brother. What is your name? Cameron. Cameron? Yeah. Fuck yeah, it is Cameron. Where are you from? Uh, Birmingham. Birmingham. Now, is that a city? It is, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Overrun with Muslims, as according to the news two years ago. 
Do you guys remember? I'm not saying that that was correct, but do you remember that the American News was reporting Birmingham taken over by Sharia law? I was in Birmingham when that report was being made. It certainly was not. It was nothing but lads in football tops yelling oi, oi, oi at homeless people. It's just the most ludicrous place. In the, do you like Birmingham? Do you really? What is a cool thing to do in Birmingham? Because anytime I ask someone what's cool to do in Birmingham, they say something like, well, you go to the movies and then you immediately go home. Yeah, See what I'm talking, talking about? Like, I asked Doug, Doug, where are you from? Cardiff. And you live in Cardiff to this day? No. no. Just go with the wind now. Follow the wife. You just follow the wife? That means she's trying to run away. <laughs> where, where do you live now, Juliet? In Stoke on, near Stoke on Trent. What? I like how you're concerned I'm going to come into the neighborhood and lower the tone. Oh, here we go. The immigrants are moving in. Oh, he's Canadian. He's knocking on every door and introducing himself to the neighbors like a sociopath. I live in London. I've lived in London for five years. And I think the weirdest moment of my as a Canadian, when you move into a new neighborhood, traditionally what you do is you knock on all the doors and you say hello and you introduce yourself so that they know your face so they don't think it's bur Look at how he's fucking laughing at me. So I moved to London, I moved to what is now called the Herringay Extension because it sounds nicer than Tottenham, but it was Tottenham, which, and it was right after the riots. So I knocked on every door being like, hi, I'm John, I've just moved to the neighborhood. And they, I look like an undercover cop. And they were like, what, okay? And I was like, I, I live there now. And they're like, Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it was weird. And I would, I still wave to them. And they all look at me like you're looking at me right now, sir. Just like, why is he showing me his palms? Is that an act of aggression? So Birmingham. So what, what do you do in Birmingham? I'm uh, training to be in the council. You're training to be in the council. You? Uh, accountant. An accountant. My God. <laughs> Based on the way you said Reading is not a sitting, you are going to be a banging accountant, mate. <laughs> I have dealt with your kind before. Hi, can I deduct money off of my tax for a zebra denim jacket? I think you'll find that is not a deduction, John. Also, for you to ask these questions, we are going to need to be paid. How did you get this number? <laughs> what is your favorite number? Four. Four. Why? <laughs> Typical Birmingham answer right there. Why do you do the things you do? Quiet. And uh, who are you here with, Cameron? My friends. Your friends. Who are your friends? <laughs> Just who are they? How do, you, how do you know them? I went to school with them. Very good. I like how you refer to them as one group. <laughs> Very good. Now, Cameron, can you please pick a title from that jar? Read it to yourself. Now, Jamie, how would you like Cameron to read this title to us? Oh, for fuck's sake, Jamie. <laughs> You just got to stick with an answer, brother. How would you like him to read it? Do you want him to do it in a funny voice? Do you want to do a Scottish accent? Your mates fucking loved that. They gave you the, they gave you the 17-year-old look at you and go, yeah. Can you do a Scottish accent, Cameron? You can? Oh, what a beautiful accountant answer to that. All right, now please rise. Very good. Now I'm going to give you the microphone. Which, what kind of Scottish accent are you going to go with? I think it's some uh, Edinburgh Highlander. Ooh, you're going very specific. Also, Edinburgh and Highlandy. Yeah. I, I think it is two different regions. 
So you're going to do a mix, like partially Edinburgh, partially Highland. Also, can I say you are a lot taller than I was expecting? <laughs> it's just something I've decided to say. You got to kill time sometimes. Anyway, um, what was it like escaping from the cover of that yachting magazine? <laughs> it's a compliment. Now, no problem, Cameron. May I say, this is a delightful interaction. Are you ready? Also, if you ever wanted to be a gentleman spy, you could do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> North Korea would never see you coming. I'm just here to cook the books, chaps. All right, you ready? ready. Okay. Ten reasons why you should tattoo these punk rock stars all over your lower back and other great tramp stamp ideas. Did you guys hear when he shifted the accent slightly at the word ideas? Cameron, that was beautiful. So, it is tattoos, is what we were discussing. Who here has a tattoo? Very good. What is your tattoo? Describe it. I, I, I'm not going to just... Because you never know... Some trees and some words. <laughs> some trees and some words. Do you regret that decision? Because based on the way you describe it, you just had some trees and some words. I was in the woods, and then I woke up, and now I have this. You like it. And why did you get a tattoo? I've always wanted to get a tattoo. One of my best friends, uh, David Finer, he was a tattoo artist. He has some of the coolest tattoos I've ever seen. He has Starry Starry Night as a wraparound tattoo on his arm. And I know you're thinking that sounds like the stupidest, wankiest thing ever. But it's fucking, it's glorious. And it like goes into this tree root system. And he's got tattoos on his hands and everything like that. He now has three very small kids, like you, Doug. And I have gone to do the school pickup with him. And it is the most fun ever because he gets out in like a skull t-shirt with no sleeves. He's got a skull here and the words, no swears, fuck you, right there. And he's picking up these kids who are these sweet little lovely kids. And then it's just like mums with yoga trousers just being like, who hired that roadie to pick up these children? And why is he stood with an undercover security guard? <laughs> um, and so where did you get the tattoo? In Bali. Oh, very much known for their hygiene in that region. <laughs> Really? You, you, well, why, why a tattoo in Bali? Because I'm from I like how Australians claim everything is expensive in Australia, but when you go there with British pounds, everything is one British pound. <laughs> uh, that is pre-Brexit numbers, by the way. I went post-Brexit, and let me tell you, Australians are so fucking moving here. <laughs> Correct? <laughs> See, she answered in the typical Australian way. We're not moving. We're just going to be here to complain about the weather, say you guys can't make sandwiches, and then we'll get the fuck out. And I assume you're on a gap year right now? Yeah. How old are you? Fuck. Australians, you guys just don't work for the first eight years of being an adult, do you? It... I don't know how your country exists. No one seems to have a job. Everyone seems to have money. Weird, fucked up, like, fashion sense. Like, I, t I, have, a, I have a dick tattooed on my forehead. I'm the mayor of Melbourne. Who wants to go? Like, it's such a backwards place. And yet you'd think it'd be the most progressive place in the entire world. Everyone has a pug and they ride a unicycle. Where are you going? Oh, I own a horse. It's a vegan horse, so don't worry about it. And yet gays can't get married. It's the weirdest fucking country in the entire... And that's how they always react. They go, yeah, I know. Well, we should do something about that. But it's nice outside. <laughs> and what is your name? Sophie. Sophie. And Sophie, do you have any tattoos you regret on you? Yes. And Juliet, very beautifully mother response where you just went, of course you do. <laughs> and what is the tattoo you regret? You don't have to show it to me. I feel like that you can just describe it. It's 
Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean it's meant to be? What the fuck are you talking about? Wh- who? Uh, I was like 14. What do you mean you were 14? <laughs> Don't say that like that's an excuse. That's just the reason why we should phone your parents and Doug will have some words with them. Where did you get that t- tattoo? If you said you were 14 in Bali, I am calling Tony Abbott, who I do not believe is the Australian prime minister anymore. I apologize for, for no reason saying Australian. Now... Uh, you're 14 years old. Where did you get tattooed? I thought this was going to be a long show. What do you mean you got tattooed at your friend's house? Was your friend a tattoo artist? I'm sorry for showing you my bum. I'm just, I've never felt, I know it's fucking, it's just one of those things where it's like you, it's like opening a kinder surprise and then finding like a thousand pounds. You guys disagree. Now, I forgot, you guys are very logical. You wouldn't find a thousand pounds in a kinder surprise. <sighs> right, Cameron? Could I deduct that a uh, thousand pounds on my taxes or should I just declare it as regular income? I did not think he would be that rebellious, but you see how fucking quick he came with that answer? Mm. You'll, do, you'll go far, Cameron. So you're 14 years old. Where in Australia are you? I'm going to picture Sydney, possibly near King's Cross. The person whose house it was was slightly older than you, and that weird creepy where where 14-year-old girls are inexplicably friends with 21-year-old dudes who are predators, and they should stop it. How close am I? It was in Sydney. Well, so far, so good. At Bondi. So, so it was on a beach. No, no, in a house. Okay. Okay, very good. How fucking, right, right? Yeah. Remember that when you're 21, boys. Same age or above. If I see any of you cavorting with a 14-year-old girl, I will do nothing about it. But I'll give you one of these looks, because I've lived in Britain long enough. I'll give you one of these. So he was 19. Was his name Cody? Zach? What was his name? I think it was Todd. You don't know his name? You don't know him anymore. I can see why. He scarred you with ink. All right, so you're a 14-year-old hanging out with a 19-year-old guy named Ty. By the way, if your name is Ty right here, that's not your name. Your name is Tyler. Identify yourself properly. Ty seems like a white man with dreadlocks, a look I give no credence to. So you're, again, you're a very fickle crowd in that Sometimes you love it, and other times you go, why did we agree to this? (laughs) So you're 14 years old, and he said, I am a tattoo artist? Yes. Did you believe him? I feel like there's a dark part of this story you're leaving out. So, and then where is the tattoo on you? On your hip. It just gets worse. (laughs) Don't worry, I have a story that I will tell you right now, they'll make you feel better. 
which is there's a very famous carnival magician who travels around all of the uh, all of the different festivals and stuff like that. He's a street performer, and uh, he has a tattoo that literally means nothing. His name is Mac Murphy, and he has four lines on his leg. And how he got them was in the uh, '80s, someone paid him to fix their tattoo gun. I don't think he knows how to do that, but he takes money for anything. So he apparently fixed the tattoo gun and he wanted to make sure it worked, so he just made four lines on his leg and then gave the guy the tattoo gun. The amount of money he was paid for that? 25 British pounds. Uh, So that was the hip, very good. Uh, So far, unfortunately, you're number one in biggest regretful, regretful tattoos, mostly because you've created an energy within the room that is palpable and concerning. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Hopefully Ty was eaten by a shark. <laughs> probably. Ty did meth, didn't he? Probably. Yeah, he probably did. The reason why that's funny is Australia has a big problem with methamphetamines right now, and so I like to tell anyone that crosses me in Australia, go do meth, and they always do. Now, who else has a tattoo? All right, who wants to? You. What, what is the tattoo of? You've got three. Yeah. I feel like you are a big fan of all three of your tattoos. I mean, I, the one was probably a mistake because I got it whenever I was 18 and dumb, but it's not terrible. I've got a tree on my ribcage and stars. And then I got Let It Be on my foot, which is pretty basic. That is pretty basic. Which one do you regret? The Let It Be. I was just, you know, it was my first tattoo. It's a little crooked and the lettering's wrong, so it's not great, but it's not a good story. Thank you for calling yourself out on that. <laughs> Where are you from? South Carolina, get the fuck out of here. May I just say, the Carolinas, you guys do yourselves no favors in terms of PR, because everyone just assumes I'm gonna get off the plane and a member of the KKK will be like, no, no, yes, yes. It's fucking gorgeous and nice. It's fun. This isn't really a funny story, but- That's fine, most of the show hasn't been funny, so. (laughs) I mean, we have had a couple of KKK players show up in our driveway, so it's not not wrong. Are you serious? No way. They're fucking real? America, you surprise me every day. They know they look like assholes, right? Like, you look like a bit of a prick, but it was unintentional. Imagine you're putting a fucking bed sheet on to go tell people with jobs in the middle of the day when you don't have a job to get out of their community. It's fucking annoying. It's why America is so fucking confusing. Because in one hand, they're like, would you like some cheesecake? These are all my friends. They are now your friends. By the way, everything here is complimentary. Our economy is weird. And on the other side, they're like, but do you know a Mexican person? Yes, I do. Get the fuck out or slightly over there. Like, it's just so weird. That's why the whole Trump thing, like, I'm, I'm a comedian. I know you can't tell, but I am. It's one of those things where it vexes me every day because I I love America. I spent a lot of time there. My dad lived in Connecticut and Illinois, and now he lives in Texas. And even Texas, you would think, Texas is everything you want it to be. They have guns on their hips, but they're hugging each other. The weirdest thing is I saw a guy, he had fucking bullhorns on the hood of his like super macked up. They put lift kits on trucks. I'm performing here! They put lift kits on trucks, so trucks go from the regular height to sort of 10, 15 feet higher. I assume you have this in, the Carolina, in South Carolina as well. They put lift on them. Why? No one knows. And then he had bullhorns on the top of it. It was amazing. And then all of that, and then he had a pride flag 
bumper sticker and a Trump 2016 Make America Great bumper sticker. And it was just, that is America right there. I am gay, but I don't like women, and I like to kill cows. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll look like an asshole as I crawl into my truck. And what brings you to the festival? Oh, I actually had no idea Fringe was going on. I just happened to be in Edinburgh. Typical fucking Yanks, am I right? <laughs> World's largest arts festival. Like, what, is, what are all these crowds doing here? You got to Belfast? What did you think of Belfast? It's spooky, right? <laughs> it was. N- it certainly isn't. Well, here's the thing. You- Pardon me? There's always fucking one. May I say, brother, the perfect fucking... Z- here's the problem with Belfast. You guys just tell tourists, go see the murals. You, you do not tell us what the murals are, because here's the thing, the, the, the English have done a great job of not telling anyone about the troubles. In, in North America, it's made to seem like it was like a rough week, and then everything's cool. Then you go to Ireland, and you're like, what's this wall for, guys? Why is everyone so upset? Like, you hear the tension? Those are the English people going, shut the fuck up, there's an American here. <laughs> Don't spread our lies. So I was just told, I was going to the Empire in Belfast to do a gig. Have you been? Yeah. Those know, it's a notorious gig in British comedy. It was very, very, it was somewhat important in that it was one of the first places that during the Troubles, uh, uh, Northern Irish comedians and comedians from the Republic, is, do I have the terms correct? Yeah. It's just Ireland. It's just Ireland? Thank you. I get so confused at a certain point because it all gets very mixed up. I know you're the real Ireland. I've heard all of the songs. We've all got a U2 album that we regret purchasing. Yeah, I said it. Your band, that band is needless. You're Ireland. You have way better fucking music than Bono. By the way, in his autobiography, he claimed he cured AIDS and he had to take it out because the publisher said, you didn't. And he went, oh, but uh, I'm wearing sunglasses indoors and I don't know anyone who has AIDS. I, I hate him so much. Anyway, but so the Empire, and it was a place where comedians from I'm going to go with the man from Belfast on the terms because I feel like you have an agenda, Bobby Sands. Uh, so it's Northern Ireland? Republic. Republic. Thank you. This is why I kind of like the Northern Irish a little bit better. is because they deliver their information in a calm tone while people from the Republic of Ireland go, You're wrong! It's all Ireland. Even England and America. That's Ireland too. Pretty soon Mexico will be Ireland. It's all Ireland. Until a person from America comes to Ireland and says, oh, my grandmother's Irish. Well, you're not Irish then! Put that Guinness down! You gotta be like Wales. If you know a Welsh person, they're like, oh, you're Welsh. Put a dragon tattoo on your forehead and get the fuck over here. We're gonna buy chips, and then we're gonna go yell at someone on the Doctor Who tour. So the Empire, it's a very notorious gig. It's where people from the Republic and people from Northern Ireland came and were comedians and talked about the experience of what was going on in the Troubles. For those of you who don't know, it was essentially a civil war that got no press, which, hand it to the English. They are gossipy fucking Gerties, but they kept that quite quiet for quite some time. Like, I didn't realize it was an issue until I really went to Belfast and someone was like, before you go to the gig, just go see the murals. Now, I love a bit of art. Bachelor of Fine Arts, it's my degree. And I figured, oh... I'm going to see some lovely floral paintings. Perhaps a nice shillelagh done in a graffito manner. What a delight. I'm going to get a macchiato, and I'm going to meet a friend. And they tell you, what they tell you to do is they tell you to do it in a, in a taxi cab. 
They say, don't walk it, do it in a taxi cab. And the reason why they do that is because every taxi driver in Northern Ireland is like he was a foot soldier in some sort of weird guerrilla brigade that hasn't been caught. And the problem is, is they're very braggy in that part of the world. And so I got in, and his, his name wasn't Sully, but I think his name was Sully. <laughs> like he looked like every Irish guy above the age of 50, just fucking newspaper man hat, dirty tweed jacket, mustard stain, you couldn't see, but you know it's there. Smells of cigarettes, you never see him smoking. And I was like, could I see the murals? And I should have twigged when he went, now are you sure you wanna see the murals? And I get fucking pissed off, because Europeans, you guys do this to North Americans, is that you assume that we're water-brained morons. <laughs> that can't handle your culture. Like, oh, you wanna to go to the Tate Modern? Be careful, there's some Andy Warhol in there. Yeah, where the fuck do you think he's from, motherfucker? <laughs> he's from America, anyway. <laughs> so the murals, instead, do you know what the murals are, Jamie? Eng <laughs> what did I say about the English covering up the troubles? <laughs> You're 17, you were alive when it was, te were you alive? Fuck you! <laughs> no, you weren't. Holy shit in fucking hell. Wayne's World is. Oh, I'm so old. <sighs> Chris Farley is. Bill Clinton is. So far, so good. Who he did? Very good. <laughs> Barack Obama is. Very good. Tony Blair is war criminal. Now, <laughs> it's cheap, but true. I do like that he's back in the news because it's just a fun relief because it's someone we can all agree we think is a piece of shit. Like, it's a very fun moment. Not everyone, but anyway, listen. So I went on this tour, and this guy, so we drove to the first mural that I think was of, it's Bobby Sands, is that the, is that oh, one? There's many? Well, there is one that I see when I close my eyes and a nightmare is about to begin. Because he's this smiling face, but then it's depictions of him in the hunger strike. That, is there one like that? Yeah, see, it's a fucking landmark to him that when he's describing someone to go see pizza, oh yeah, you want to go by the depiction of a man slowly starving himself to death, and then there's a great curry, ironically, right across the street. Right? Again, you can't fuck with the Irish to go, well, that's a lie, mate, but uh, nice try with the story. <laughs> so we did that, and then it's just like, it's like AK-47's a man in a balaclava, just like, ah, ah, ah. And I did that, it, it took me like an hour, and he's describing each one of them, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, that's where a bomb went off. Oh, I lost a friend over there. I once woke up in that graveyard. And I wanted to know that story, but I didn't want to know that story because it felt like, oh, I'll become an accessory after the fact when I find out that story. And so we go all around, and then I immediately have to go to the gig after all of this ghosts in my hair of seeing all of this. And I am a naive North American. And so I walked on stage, and I went, man, Belfast, what a weird thing your murals are. And well, I agree. Where were you guys to warn me? <laughs> And again, Irish people are an amazing audience to perform. So Scottish people uh, are, are very much, they want to be entertained. They will go with anything. English people, you have to be doing what they want. If you're not doing what they want, they will just. <laughs> How, did you not get the letter I didn't actually write telling you? <laughs> but Irish people, it's, they, it's like you guys show up. I don't know if this is true for the public. I've only ever performed in Northern Ireland. But Northern Irish people, they show up to both compliment and criticize 
every decision you've made, both as a comedian on stage and as a human being. That's your shirt. You think that's a nice haircut? I once knew your mom. Tight pussy. Like, it's a fucking weird place. Again, Tencent, do not... Thank you, lady from South Carolina. North America, we need to stick together on these European yahoos. Yeah, and they look at you like you've made a mistake in the last year. You want to know what? You didn't, because we can shoot Trump. You can't shoot Brexit. <laughs> how, did you, how did you vote in the, uh, in the election? Uh, Hillary. Hillary, very good. It's fucking weird. Everyone turned against her. I was very much yeah. for... I, I fucking loved her. It's exactly what the world needs. A stern business person who communicates with the banks. She got in trouble. Oh, she was talking with the banks. You have to talk to the banks. You have to say, stop fucking around, guys. Banks. <laughs> this is where your parents have all the money. Anyway. And finally, you at the back. Tattoos, yes? Yeah. Yes, and what do you have? Um, uh, breaking Bad tattoo. You have a Breaking Bad tattoo? Yeah. Oh, is, uh, what is it? the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, I've also got a little smiley face tattoo that looks like ha ha ha. I mean, I think that's the most Scottish answer I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and what is your name? Emma. 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 And which of those, is those your only two tattoos? That's one of two. And which one do you regret? You regret the smiley face. It's an interesting thing. My four young friends. You've met these people, cultured, interesting people who've lived insane lives. A woman who escaped the clutches of a man who started a cult based around meth. <laughs> Only to end up in a room with a woman who has a show that prays meth's youths tattooed on her arm. And of course, you have to remember, if you want to get a tattoo, just let it be. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're going to do, uh, so we end on a story, uh, we end on a story from my youth. Uh, by the way, it's free to get in, uh, uh, but pay what you would like on the way out. It's a suggested five pounds. If you don't have five pounds, take a flyer from my other show. If you don't have any money, well, fuck you. <laughs> so, brother, what is your name? Krish. Krish? Krish, yeah. I would like you to take a piece of paper from that. Now hold it in your hand. Now, sir, how would you like Krish to... Do not read it yet. How would you like Krish to read that? In an Irish accent. In an Irish accent. <laughs> Fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> and don't worry. If you get it wrong, no one will say anything. <laughs> they will. They will. That was the joke. All right. Please rise, Krish. Um... <laughs> The giant crowd incident when Jamieson wouldn't fight. It's a Scottish. <laughs> that, that, that was definitely a Scottish accent. <laughs> Yet, Cameron, your Scottish accent was better. No. Very good idea. Can you read this in an Irish accent? <laughs> Fucking give it a go, mate, huh? I can't do an Irish accent. All right. Can you do an Irish accent? Oh shit! <laughs> you guys are friends, right? Oh, okay. It's less political and more just romantic. Stand up! <laughs> the giant crowd incident when Jameson wouldn't fight. Very good. 
It's very interesting that I said Jameson, which is a very good. All right, listen. <laughs> it's not all fucking home runs. So you are 17. Do people, do you, fights happen at your school anymore? Uh, oh, what happened? You guys probably were just raised with, you know, self-confidence and trust within your friends. Not like me or Doug or that guy. What is your name? Danny. Of course it is. Kind of man who can't build a patio, but fuck, you'll drink on one, won't you, Danny? <laughs> I, uh, I come from Ottawa uh, in Canada. Ottawa is the capital uh, of Canada. It's a very interesting place in that it is, everyone has a job for life. Everyone has a job for life. You work for the Canadian government, which means everyone is basically in the same place except for there's diplomats. That, and because the Canadian government has this weird scheme where if you're a diplomat, you're involved in the Canadian government, you're not allowed to go to any private school, you have to go to public school. So it creates this weird sort of dichotomy where you're sat in class and it's the son of the ambassador from Jordan next to a guy who drives a car for a politician next to a guy whose mom works for the post office next to a guy who's the son of the American ambassador. So it's this very weird sort of cauldron-like atmosphere because everyone doesn't really feel stable. Now, as I mentioned before, I was a, I was a punk slash new metal kid into skateboarding and I couldn't skateboard. I have dyspraxia, so I have no reflexes. So I owned a skateboard, but I just hold it. And yeah, it's fucking embarrassing. Photos from that era are yucca poo poos. Anyway. When we were 14, we basically, we were getting, uh, we had one crazy friend, my friend Andrew Jameson, and he's a nutcase, absolutely lunatics, and he would start fights all the time. It's something that's basically gone from society at schools now. It doesn't seem like there's fights happening anymore. You have kids, do your kids fight at all? It's, that's progress, that's great. My high school years were literally like every three days, we would go to a dirt area, and two kids would fight each other, and we would watch. I'm aware, it's scarring and weird, but so one of them was um, Andrew Jameson. He picked a fight uh, with this guy, Tino. Now, Tino, we didn't realize, had like four or five brothers and sisters all scattered throughout the school. Now, the entire school hated us because we were dipshits. We were loud, abrasive, we were different. We were freaks, punk rockers, and people in high school at that time, I don't know if it's the same now, but if you showed that you were different, it was, a, it was a, an affront to everyone else. It wasn't something we were doing on purpose, except it exactly was what we were doing on purpose to try and get attention that we weren't getting from girls and we weren't considered popular, so we did it differently. It did not work. No girl wants to date a guy with five different chains going to his wallet. <laughs> Yuck. And so Jameson picked a fight with this guy and we were like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be great. We're going to watch it. And it was going to be happening at McKellar Park, which was this big sort of football field down Danbury Avenue from the school. And he skipped class to smoke weed all afternoon to get, make sure he's ready for the fight. Because as we all know, weed is excellent for your motor skills <laughs> and your motivation. Now this had been building for weeks. We had been brought into the principal's office. It would be the, is it still called headmaster? It's still called the headmaster, but what if the headmaster is a woman? Headmistress. headmistress. So they haven't combined those terms yet? That's weird. Not for you guys, but for me, I guess. So it, it, the principal kept bringing us in the office being like, are you guys feeling safe? We're hearing things that you guys are going to get jumped and you're going to get attacked because there's nothing that rich kids love more than pretending that they're in gangs, which happened a lot. And so it was finally Friday and uh, we go to meet Jameson. He's been smoking weed all afternoon and we're sat in the football field. And I am happy there were other people there to remember this because I, I feel like I'm exaggerating. But coming around the bend, 
was legitimately a hundred people like we were Frankenstein's monster and they were the crowd coming to kill us. And they came down the street, and we're all 14 in leather jackets in a crisp September afternoon. And we looked at each other and Andrew Jameson rose, defiant of the crowd and said, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and we ran to a local convenience store where his sister's boyfriend, Mickey, was working. Mickey was 21, his sister, 15. Remember what I mentioned before? He was one of those guys. <laughs> Luckily, Mickey was crazier than any of us. We said, Mickey, there's a bunch of people here and they want to kill us. And Mickey said, why? And then Andrew, very cleverly, Mickey was black and he went, oh, they were being racist against black people. And we said, don't do that. And he went, they fucking did what? And he picked up a baseball bat, locked the shop, again, very weird, with us inside, ran back over to the park with a baseball bat like a warrior, came back 10 minutes later, and, uh, and we were like, what, what happened? He was just like, mm, I told them not to be racist. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. I will see you over there. Have a great rest of your French. I'll see you later. Good night. <laughs>